0: are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans
1: everyone and welcome to FICA. Our guests today are John Kachuba and Jack Gagliardo. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> we'll be focusing on their recently released historical fiction or historical fantasy or magical realism, The Bottle mm. Conjurer. You will remember that John has visited us before and we talked about his Haycorn Smith and the Castle Ghost and Dark Entry. He has his MA in creative writing and he teaches it as well. He's also a member of the Historical Novel Society, a runner up for the Storm Broker Awards, and a and he's also an award winning of, winner of many other awards. He is read. <laughs> he's also won many other awards for his nonfiction books. This is Jack's first novel, which is exciting, and but he has other writing and story-related experiences that I will discuss with him momentarily. But first, my review of The Bottle Conjurer. Jack Kajuba. And John Kachuba and Jack Gagliardo, I knew that was going to happen, are undoubtedly (laughs) (laughs) book conjurers, combining a tempting ambiance, intriguing characters, and a compassionate understanding of the 18th century until the story swirled around and captured me. The historical facts are woven so seamlessly into the fiction that I was left unsure of what was real and what was imagined. But I am sure that if you are... Fond of old dusty theaters, the shadows created by secrets and magic, you will want to read The Bottle Conjurer. Welcome to Fika, John and Jack. Thank you. Now, we've heard John talk before. we're gonna ask jack the first question (laughs) (laughs) which is always enjoyable john now i say that you have other experiences related to writing and storytelling in in many different ways can you fill us in a little bit about that
0: well my previous life my career i'm uh, semi-retired now um was uh, in corporate communications and Broadcasting TV. I started out as a young person out of college, working at a local TV station. I wrote and produced a children's show. <laughs> and,
1: Are you going to uh, name it? Right,
0: things like that. Oh, it was Tap Daddy in the Goon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> in Akron, Ohio, of all places. Yeah. And uh, and from there, I, I, I went into non-broadcast television and corporate. Um, doing everything from corporate communication videos, training programs, instructional design. Um, we also then um, managed the TV studio for the for the corporation and we would do uh, national t- commercials as part of what we did. Um, mostly I would do the insert shots and, and uh, work with agencies on that. And you know, I have written a few screenplays that have never been. <laughs> <laughs> Made it all the way, but uh, we've done that. And uh, so I've done a lot of creative writing in that respect, plus a lot of, you know, speech writing and corporate
2: writing too.
1: And as I mentioned earlier, we often discuss the fact that screenwriting and novel writing um, go hand in hand. You still have to have, you just look at it differently. And and, and mm-hmm. I can see the visualness of this novel. It's, it's beautiful visually, if only in my head. (laughs) Well, That's where you want to see it. (laughs)
0: That's
1: right. That's very good. And so why did you two decide to write together?
0: Hmm. John, you want (laughs) to.
2: Well, I mean, as Jack uh, had mentioned, um, well, earlier in our conversation that we had not seen each other in 50 years or even had contact with each other. I didn't even know where Jack lived. Last I heard, he was in upstate New York somewhere, and I guess he knew I was in Connecticut. Um, anyway, he heard me on a radio program and said, what well, that's got to be my cousin, and contacted me, and we started talking, and And one thing that came out was, you know, Jack being in broadcast and everything else was interested in the radio program, but he said, well, you know, I've always wanted to write a novel, you know, and was wanting to write that kind of stuff? And I said to him, I've always wanted to write a screenplay, which I don't have that experience, and that's Jack's experience. So. Jack came up with the idea for the um, for the subject that we wrote about in The Bottle Conjurer. But we said, well, let's do this. There was a contest, a screenwriting contest, and we wrote a screenplay for it, which we entered and didn't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but in talking to other people, we were sort of directed to the idea of trying to create a novel. If we we're, if were looking to make a movie or streaming services or whatever, which is what we really think this should be, we found out that most of that material comes from a novel first. It doesn't come from an original screenplay. So we thought, well, let's do a novel. And so that that was it. And we had a great time doing the novel. I think it's a great novel. But we also think it you know, can get up to be on the stage somewhere, on the screen someplace.
1: Yes, which we were discussing in the green room because <clears throat> it is very visual. And I do think most of the great, streaming or movies do come from books I mean growing up my kids would always ask was this a book where's the book mom where's the book for this movie because mm. if they liked it it was usually a book but I can see it transferring so well to the screen Um it's just the sets in that would be marvelous but we'll let the audience in a little bit more about this. Now, you took this from this little sliver, this this little sliver of history that you found the bottle conjurer. Who found it? That's <laughs>
0: Jack. Yeah. I I, uh, yeah I, Jack discovered yeah. it. What, 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 you know, a little more in depth of, of how it came about. This was actually during COVID time, too. So, a lot of times sit around, and that's when we started talking about. You know, let's do a screenplay, and then maybe I can do from that. You can teach me how to turn that into a novel. So we're looking for ideas, and we both brainstorm a, a bunch of stuff. And we actually had an idea we we're going to do. Um, it was about <clears throat> in England, around the same period of time, about a murder, and the uh, key witness was a ghost, which is based on a kind of on a true story. But mm-hmm. you know, we looked at it and stuff, and this is very strange. So I was looking at a. Um, in the newspaper then when they covered it there was a drawing of the room that the murder took place and the it was a you know bedroom and on the bedroom wall was a painting and it was a painting showing this person getting into a wine bottle and i go what is that so I, you know <laughs> I, I kind of researched it and it was called the, the painting's called the bottle conjurer and that led to this and, and so forth and we talked about when we looked at the true story of the Bottle Conjurer, John and I thought, that's even a better story than what we were thinking about this, this ghost story. And hence, we did more research and uh, came up with our v- version of the story.
1: Which which I love because there isn't that much out there about the Bottle Conjurer, is there? Like, I, no. I looked a little bit, but so do you, can you tell our uh, the audience a little bit about the story? Factually, sure. Like,
2: good, Jack. I mean, you, you, yeah, you find it. So, okay. Well, in 1749,
0: um, a conjurer, and and to this day, I don't know exactly who it is. There's been some suspect. It's one of our characters actually in there, not the main character who we make it the conjurer. It's someone else was possibly proclaimed to be conjurer, and it was. Person was a rogue, and so you may know this as I'm explaining this, and. Decided that uh, he wanted to get back at the son of King George II. They were somewhat rivals. And so he kind of designed this concept that, that um, he had a magician that would be able to, or conjurer, be able to climb on stage live into a normal wine bottle. And of course, no one believed it, but uh, he promoted it so well that Cumberland, who was the third son of king george ii um, got all his friends and all the royalty and all the tons of london um, to come to the haymarket theater it's an historic theater in london and uh, view this event and of course the theater charged outrageous prices packed it to the rafters and things happen where it didn't happen and people got so angry. You know,
1: Surprise!
0: They set the theater on fire, and it was a pretty massive fire. Many people thought it was actually going to start another uh, Great Fire of London, and uh, and then it's, a, it's kind of the the gist of it. Um, even in Moby Dick, Herman Melville mentions the bottle conjurer. It's I forget what page it is on oh. Moby. Dick. But not as a story about this, but more about how how people can be duped, and they and right right afterwards would do that about oh you know he's he he, he he believed that he's just like a bottle conjurer you know just
1: that is very cool okay everybody we have to reread Moby Dick to find out. <laughs> <that
0: right>. yeah <laughs> it's a, it's, a, yeah, it's like just a one or two sentence line in in one of the chapters yeah no.
1: But, yeah, it makes sense that it would be used as as that kind of thing later because it was so well-known. Okay, I'm going to go to the comments for a minute. And Brian, thanks for joining us, Brian. Asks, how did you manage the logistics of working on a novel together? As a writer, I always have difficulties taming the characters' voices in my head. I can't imagine how to deal with someone else's voices. Yeah,
2: that's... uh. That, that's an interesting question. I mean, I've I've written a lot of fiction. This is the first time I've ever written fiction with another person. I've written nonfiction. My wife and I co-authored a nonfiction book many many years ago. Um, this is the first time for fiction, and I think I think what what's interesting is that Jack and I, even though long distance and everything else, yeah, you know, we do it over Zoom. We meet once a week. We talk over where we are and review our writing and all this. There's some amazing simpatico going on that I really can't understand. But, you know, I'll say something to Jack. We'll read something. I'll say, you know, what if instead of this, what we have on the page, what if this happened? And Jack's say, I was thinking the exact same thing, you know. And, and he'll do the same thing to me. He'll say, what
1: about this? And I'll say, wow, what's this character this? Well, say, yeah. I wasn't going to bring this up, but there is a genetic um, – <laughs> aspect to this cousins, <laughs> that your we're cousins guys, so so maybe cousins. like from you know you had some of the same experiences because of the parenting and the going back and yeah. the stories from long ago right so that mm-hmm. sort of carries through yeah. okay I just wanted to I, I think
2: the other thing too though is that we were um we would decide like we'd say okay what should happen next in the book and we'd agree that the next thing that should happen should be you know the characters go to a bar you know whatever it is And we say, okay, who's going to write that? And we kind of just say, well, I wrote this character in a different scene, so I might want to follow him. So what if I do it? And say, okay, fine. The other person will say, fine. So I think we're able to sort of um, break out responsibilities and follow characters maybe that we like more and maybe write that more. I mean, Jack is very, you know, he keeps keeps bringing in characters like um, the Gentleman Bandits, the Highway Robbers, Jack Broughton. These guys, I, you know, he'd say, hey, I got a new character to bring into the story. And I'd say, oh, oh, simmer down, hot sauce. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, so Jack was yeah. in charge of scoundrels and rogues. Is that oh, yeah. what you're yeah. saying? Right, yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> but so he would write That's those cool. characters. I mean, he wrote, Jack, he probably wrote most of the Broughton stuff and the Howie Robbers. And I would probably right. write more of uh, Cassandra and, you know, some of those, like, you know, Melchior and some of those characters. Um, and, and we're fine about it. I, I'm not aware, I don't speak for myself, but I can't think of any issues that we've had as writers. Um, okay. You know, and it could be because we're family too. Uh, you, the person that has a comment, it might be difficult if you're just writing with another person who maybe it's not a r- relative. We might be kind to each other because of that maybe, I don't know.
1: Um, but but you're also <laughs> I have a voodoo
0: doll, I stick pins
1: in. <laughs> i can see that jack i can see it (laughs) Um, but but you are working at it logically like the way you said that it just makes sense that you follow the characters that you gave birth to and and you, because you know you know who they are and how they would think, so it would just be the sharing of the different story. Because there are there are some really interesting characters in that book, and so we we have. I, I should point out that the bottle conjurer is a part of a trilogy. I'm not sure how they're going to do this into in a trilogy, but you know they're geniuses, so they'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> But but um, there are like lots of different storylines there that all contribute. They weren't aimlessly, you know, I'll be a storyline with no place to go. They all contributed. But there's some really interesting characters and background stories behind those characters for that time. So yeah, I um, forgot what my question was. <laughs> Well,
0: I was gonna explain, you know, I'm gonna talk about some of the characters briefly, but before that, to answer the gentleman's question, I think we had a technique that was kind of interesting too, is um, we wrote the screenplay um, first, and that really became the outline to the novel, because the novel has so much more breadth to it, and what often we would do, if I wrote a scene in the movie, John then would rewrite that into the novel, the scene that he wrote in the movie, I would rewrite that. So we kind of cross that way so we could try to get our voices right. to sound alike. And then during the novel, um, if I finished the chapter and we're going to review it now, I wouldn't read it. John would read it out loud. So we'd listen right. it together. And then I would take John's chapter that he read and I would read it out loud so we could kind of hear our voices
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: commingling that way. And, and you know, how does the sound? So I thought that was kind of a neat way of, because
1: it is. It's like I, you're I'm building something.
0: A few people, a few of our friends that have read it. They say they they couldn't tell who wrote what chapter.
1: No, no, it's very cohesive. I mean, I don't know you guys, but I could. I would not say two people wrote that book that you look at individually because it's very cohesive. The writing,
2: very. That's, that's a tricky thing to pull off, Um but yeah, I think we did it pretty well.
1: Yeah. No. I, I'm getting more and more people who have written books together it's becoming you know a, a, a thing and brian i just want to let you know that i already decided if i don't get this novel out there i'm going to just hand it to you and you can finish it off okay so that's the way we'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so you may want to be scarce um <clears throat> so yeah no it's a, it's a really interesting thing because you have your strengths And you're taking those two strengths and bringing it together. And if you can keep, which obviously you can, the emotional, you know, you're not touching my rogue or whatever, it, it, it just, you know, and that, that's not going to help anything. It just, it it really, really worked in this situation. Like I commend you because that's the big question. How do you do that? And, and still end up on Fika smiling together. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, after you know some of the characters that jack brought in too are are such interesting characters in their own right i mean they're real people and you know you can write books on these people um and so just bringing them into our story i think added a lot more depth and dimension to like the uh the whole time like you said the 18th century what was it like you know there were all these different people bringing in so it, it gives it a lot more dimension and-
1: it, it does it does and and so so different all of the characters and yet coming from that same time that same era with the same with with the same influences um and and so i mean that's something i wanted to talk about you have definitely done your historical research uh, i know that john is into history are you as well jack oh, that's- are you a-
0: Yes. Here's my favorite subject.
1: Right. Right. So, so that is obvious in the researching. Did you, did you, um, take like, did you give each other parts to research or did you just read up a whole lot on the time period to get like individually? And then, Mm.
2: well,
0: if, if we, we kind of, you know, John brings stuff in, you know, aspects to like flavor and things. Um, what I think is spooky about this book is sometimes everything just fell into place. For instance, one of the things we were going to, you know, we were, we'd be talking about, we need the characters um, to go, you know, they're gambling or they're doing something like that. And what would, what would be a common thing, a sport event or something that, and so I did some research and found, you know, bare knuckle boxing was very popular in in this period, 1749 and so forth. Um, And that led me to find out about um, this boxer, Jack Broughton, who was the bare-knuckle champion of England. And um, what's so bizarre is at this time period, uh, he, in the ring, which we're, we're kind of talking a little bit about book two, by the way, now. But in the ring, he actually, in true life, he kills his opponent in the ring. And he was so distraught that he actually wrote the rules of boxing that we still use today. He invented the boxing glove. You know, it's all kinds of things, but he was owned, because back then you had to be sponsored, basically mm-hmm. you are owned by one of our main characters, Cumberland. It's <laughs> like, how could this possibly be that, oh, you know, he's a fascinating character and, and he was owned by, and then when things happened to Jack Broughton towards the end of his career, Cumberland just kind of tosses him to the side. In real life and it's exactly what we wanted to happen in the story. It's like, how can this be true?
1: Yeah. Well <laughs> well that's what I'm saying. Reading yeah. it like, normally okay if I'm reading a fictional uh historical fiction or I'm writing watching historical fiction, if I get frustrated without knowing what's gonna happen, I will run to Google <laughs> and I will go, does hey. he live? Does he die? Like you know, because this is real. <laughs> but I never did this with this book because it just it seemed like it was really happening all together. You know, it 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 didn't. It didn't. I knew that it was based on facts, but they were irrelevant to the story. Like, I think I like your story much more than the facts. But see, this mm. is what I'm talking about, co- cohesiveness. You could tell that about that boxer from book one. Mm. You know, there were scenes that you're getting. I'm trying not to give spoilers to your book. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, want people to buy them. <laughs> exactly. um, but but there's that that cohesiveness right back to the first book where there were scenes where you could sort of see that about him that that was that would be devastating to him as a person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when we talk about all of these people and the violence, I I just notice like I mean these were not great teen times the 1700s. I talk about Mm -hmm. the beautiful ambience and and I want to jump into it, but not really. Um, So you have London at that time. I was, was just completely packed with people. A lot of people coming from different places because it was an important port. Some of them only meeting each other um, as people for the first time. Like there's a lot of first contacts being made Um, people with countries that had grudges against England were, were coming, you know, walking Mm -hmm. over, um, from starving to get work. It was just, and, and there was, you know, the old money upset with the new money. Everybody was upset with everybody. Everybody (laughs) was just looking to survive. It was a powder keg, um, just waiting to explode. Like we talk about this fire and then you introduce innocent, I swear to goodness, he and lucinda are the only like they're just really innocent of all of this stuff going they still want to believe um like you know like the (laughs) x-files the goodness of humanity is a little harder to find sometimes than ufos but (laughs) they want to believe they're so innocent and it's that did like he is the protagonist, but he is like a giant catalyst. What he is doing for himself mm-hmm. is just affecting every single one of these people all the way around. Um, did you mean to put so much on his shoulders when you started this story? Or did he just he just you know, reach out? I don't
2: I don't think I mean Jack you can speak to it too. I, I don't think that was really our intention as much as it just grew out of the story. Um there's parts in that book where, actually, I'm not even sure it's a book one or book two now. It's book two, I guess. I don't want to give everything away. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> you called you called uh, Stefan and Lucinda innocents, and and they are, um, but they also have some driving motivations on their own that are self-directed. They have some self-right, right, 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 totally perfect, right. And you'll see later on that that develops even more. Um, so they are putting more on that we I guess we were putting more on the characters they're carrying more weight of the story, but they're also carrying more personal weight as characters themselves. Um, you might you mentioned sort of the uh, the different kinds of people another reviewer reviewed this book and, and posted something and in it she said that all the characters are self they have a self-interest. Right, right. Like a negative thing, but that's exactly the point. I mean, that was exactly what you're saying yeah. Yeah. is that people are trying to get ahead, get over on people, whatever. And then you have Lucinda and Stefan kind of in the middle of this, at least in book one, going, "Well, you know, we're not, we're not like that. We don't want that." Now, Lucinda wants a better life, you know, and Stefan wants fame and fortune. Um, But they're not. I don't think they're crazy.
1: Okay, that. they're not. They're, well, they're young, anyways. That's your time yeah, yeah. to be selfish exactly. and to and to grow and to. Yeah. So I'm I'm I don't think they're innocent. None of us are innocent of 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 not having, like. An idea a personal agenda a goal somewhere we want to go right i want you to get book two out as soon as possible so (laughs) i can't claim innocence whatsoever um but what they are innocent i think of the way of the world like the like they're they're I don't want to say that they're gullible, but um, maybe listen, like they just want, like I said, they want to believe that these things are going to happen. And, you know, you sit there as an older person, as Cassandra, and say, oh, no, baby boy, it's not going to work out that way. Yeah. Um. So, and I also, I also not, this is the hardest thing talking about books without spoilers, but I believe that by doing this, from what I read at the Mm -hmm. end of the book, that Stefan may be helping himself out more than he thinks.
2: Hmm. Okay, let's
1: rewrite. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) 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 What's that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: it's not all over now.. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not all over now. If it doesn't work out that way, I'm going to be thoroughly depressed.
2: Okay. No. Well,
1: you know what,
2: what you want to see almost in any novel, uh, no matter the time or setting, you want to see you want to see some personal development, I won't always really say necessarily growth, but you want to see something happen mm-hmm. to your character, right? They have to change in some way. Um, and usually, it's finding themselves or finding something better or whatever. So, I would say to your comment, Vicki, that uh, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. Say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we better be talking about the same. Yeah, or you're gonna be getting. It <laughs> no, I I will never tell an author how to write their book. <laughs> but I have been knowing to message them in the middle of the night. And say, what are you thinking? <laughs> Have the power now why why did you kill that person off or how could you <laughs> or whatever and then they laugh wickedly so if you laugh wickedly John, i will not <laughs> well,
2: read book 2 <laughs>
1: <laughs> read book 2 what you're saying could be out within a year i'll say within a year oh yeah
2: i would think yeah mm-hmm.
1: well i don't want to get people's hopes up too much and i don't want to yeah. put too much pressure on you so um i you want everybody um, to
2: go out and read book one first
1: well yes it just came <laughs> out
2: <Yeah. laughs> That's. i know you're right on top of it here yeah
1: <laughs> that was it came out on what the third or whatever. Well, I had that in planning when I, when I booked this show, I'm like, okay, I can pick it up yeah. on the first or the second, whatever, and get it read and get it out. And then we had a few complications, but we worked that out. Right. And right. Um, Yeah. So
2: the, so the Kindle version, the ebook is up that's up and running. That's what you got. And the paperback yes, yes. and the hardcover should be up really, really soon. Now, is
1: it, is it on other platforms aside from Amazon?
2: Uh, the ebook, or uh, um, any of them?
1: Like, where where are where are we going to find these books? We're still working on this point. I would
2: just say go to Amazon. That's that's your best book. Now, if somebody's watching this program and they're you know a bookstore owner or librarian or something, the books are available through Ingram, which is you know the distributor for bookstores, so people can get those. I retail can get that that way. So.
1: So you can go to your local bookstore and have and them order it. it. Yeah. Yes, and ask for it. And if enough people ask for it, then they then they right. might um find find their, right. their way into the store more often. And right. then that will boost the streaming effect. And then I can sit mm-hmm. down at some stream at, at some point in time and watch this and um <laughs> it better look like the visions in my head. Okay? Oh well. <laughs> I think there's only one
2: just to be clear, the paperback and uh, the hardcover versions on Amazon should be up. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty with it, but that should be taken care of in a day or two. So
1: Okay. All right. So so yeah, you can always pick up the hard copy after picking up the (laughs) the other one. Absolutely. (laughs) I will quite often do that. Like, you know, pick up a um an ebook, and then if it's something that I want to keep, like, that I want to, that really touches me, yeah. then then I will pick up
2: a hard copy. Yeah, on your bookshelf, Sure,
1: yeah. So, this is about the historical research that obviously you put a lot into, and people don't understand all the little, I mean, some people understand, but there are people that don't understand all the little things, like what they ate and what they used for utensils. And on the <clears throat> the Bottle Conjurer's website is a glossary in the in the blog section of the language that they were coming up with at the time to sort of have a secret language in, in that group. Um, so people, if you're reading the book and you're unsure of words, then go check the glossary out on the on the website, which is scrolling underneath us. But basically just search The Bottle Conjurer and you will find it. Um can, what were some of the favorite words that you found? Like the the favorite.
2: I'm gonna turn this on to Jack because every time I read one of his things, <laughs> one of his characters is calling somebody a name. I go, because <laughs> <then I'll> <laughs> no, it's real. So Jack, like,
0: I, I I'm bad at remembering uh, some of these things when we find it. So uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, hmm. I'm kind of at a loss right now.
1: Uh, some, some of the
0: words are some of the words are actually um, from the Romani language uh, because they're Gypsies, um, but the term, of course, is Romani. And-
1: well, because in a lot of historical fiction, when you're writing about the time, you use the word used then, and then when we're right. talking about it now, we we use the word that they most want us to use, but they used a lot of horrible words back then, so it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't unusual. So anyways, you were
0: I right now I can't think
1: okay I'm sorry. I was gonna say I was gonna write down some and I didn't. Please do. And um just looking up and and i thought you know because it is hard to remember um all this stuff and and so you did a lot and and you looked a lot into the romani culture and you obviously did a lot of studying and that with the different signs Mm -hmm. and and the way they were treated at the time yes um so and and that's when I talk about some of the compassion to understand what it would be like to be blamed for all of these things while they're happening and to be Mm -hmm. someone of that ethnicity being in that situation. So I think you did a really, really good job of, of looking into that situation as well. So we, I know. I remember one name.
2: Okay. <laughs> Back the slang for uh, British soldiers. Oh yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was, Lobster
0: boot yeah. yeah.
1: Yep.
2: And those are terms that were used then. Yeah.
1: And 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 um, and they all understood they all understood what they were what they were what they were doing so do you okay so looking into all this research and you know knowing that this was used an example in Moby Dick uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just great what so what we're talking about here and we can say this because it's in history so this isn't a spoiler this trick the con the conjurors follow is that a full-grown man would funnel himself would simply take a wine bottle that anybody in the audience can check put a put a funnel into it and he Mm -hmm. would somehow funnel himself into this bottle then the audience could come up and check that he was in the bottle and he would sing a song and this is what they advertised would happen what do you think would Intrigue, like why would people believe this? <laughs> like, why would they spend the extra money and go there and place bets on it? Like, what is it that would have them? Do I, I think
0: what, what it was was the gullibility of the Age of Enlightenment. These people thought that we were many smarter than they, they really were, um, and uh, and in that era they could easily be could easily be fooled and you know, the was, emperor's
1: clothing exactly kind of thing yep they, and
0: they, and then when the son of the son of the king is going to attend this thing that then, then people well we must go and what's going to happen <laughs> so it's, it's just like you and of course things happened
1: yeah. um and and see i I would be curious just to see how they were going to do this. no you would think that they would have had some except for the reasoning behind it that I'm not going to go into but they would have some way of faking this or some you know sleight of mirror or whatever to to back this up. So I would be curious now as to what that would be but yes, they did <clears throat> they were embracing all of these worlds as while well, they were still rejecting them, but they were embracing all of these worlds. And if I really know about that culture and if I really knew this, I would understand that they're capable of doing this, right? So mm-hmm. so um and I I don't want to go on record here, but I'm saying no one can squish <laughs> <pushed> themselves <laughs> into a little bottle. Like, well, like the logistics you, are you know, just Jack
2: mentioned the, the age of enlightenment and this at uh, this time period it was the age of enlightenment, but it was you know, it was still where magic and ritual and all that kind of stuff, sorcery, was still superstition, was still very much part of society. It's not like everybody suddenly got smart and said, I don't believe any of that stuff. No. I mean, you know, the Enlightenment was there. People were starting to learn more science and things and apply that kind of knowledge. But, you know, all that other stuff is still there, especially out in rural areas and everything. It's still there now. I mean, you can go any place in you know, the country, in this country.
1: It's interesting when you talk about the devil's mark, that was something that I had to look up because I'm like, well, what would that mean? How would they treat him or whatever? And I feel that that's still going on today, that need for perfection in order to be more godlike. I mean, that one's still out there for sure. And there's a lot of old things that if we just, we sayings in that, we say that when we look up, you know, like don't walk under a ladder because it's, it's definitely there. So that was no, no, that they were too close to that time. And I think there was a falling back in the 19th century, right? With the, with um, um, Sherlock Holmes, spiritualism, right? Because they lost so, I mean, when people with plagues, with, with wars, with, they lost so many loved ones that they were just looking for something that they could have them back again. Right.
2: Right. right absolutely. I mean, a lot of my books that my a lot of my nonfiction books, you know, on the paranormal talk about that kind of aspect that when times are rough and miserable personally into your society, you look for something better. And if you don't find it in God, which a lot of people obviously go that route, well then what is there? There's gotta be something. Well, there's gotta be magic or there's gotta be something that can pull me out of this. So yeah, all those beliefs are still, you know, and they're still there today.
1: Oh no, no, and mm-hmm. and you you know, it, it's all up to. I just respect everybody's opinion, and you know, they believe what they believe. Although, I would find it hard if I was living then to believe that a man can fit in a bottle. Now, this is a bit about your relationship and your guys' sense of humor in that. did Brian would like to know, do you find that some of the historical words and phrases you encountered have worked their way into your day-to-day <laughs> speech? Like, Do you have pet names for each other? <laughs> well,
2: when we get mad, we do some 18th century profanity with each yes. other. <laughs> other <laughs> <ones>. <laughs> we
1: don't. But that didn't show up in the book. <laughs> you were, you were yeah. very, very good in the books. So this is so, yes, while we talk, I have so many questions and I just <laughs> I can't do spoilers, but it does such a great job of, of taking us into that time and feeling what the people feel felt like Mm. it is a take you you know when you sit there and say this book i can go on vacation i can go away to it did that so well and it has to be that your love of history you know that visualization the experiences you've had over time um and just um i think for the characters do you find that there's there's a wisdom that you have that you couldn't have ri- written this book. Like when you were Stefan's age or Lucinda's age, that that there might have been some human experiences that led to the characterizations as they were.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. I, I mean, I would say, you know, I'm in my seventies Jack's okay, Jack's only like 40 or so, but you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have all these life experiences, and I think, I, I, yeah, I think the hard answer is that yes, they, they enter into your characters. Could you necessarily parse them out and say, Well, I wrote this because when I was 16 years old, this happened? I don't know if you can be that specific, but certainly all your experiences, your adventures, your sorrows, your disappointments, your successes, all that stuff gets into your characters. Um I know, yeah, I mean, I, I think like sometimes when I write Stefan, I think there's some things in there that I kind of think, yeah, that's kind of how I would have handled that or something, you know? I don't know. That's Jack, what do you think? I mean, that's... No, I
0: agree. I think that's, I think you know, our life experiences interweave in it. And, you know, for instance, the one character, Jack Broughton, one of my first when I worked in television right out of college is uh, I did a local TV show about the history of boxing um, showing film clips and stuff. And I would go to um, local boxing training areas in the Northeast area and I'd interviewed boxers. Um, and so I found, you know, their experience and stuff, I think, just stepped into me. I haven't done that in 30, 40 years. Um, but always fascinated me the, the life of people who become a professional boxer because most of them never really make it up you know become champions and uh, And it's
1: a lot of pain especially in the 17th century with no rules you sort of Mm -hmm. fight till you're fight till you're down but it's also the experience i think that um that you don't take those experiences personally anymore so you can write them without with more clarity you know, you're you're not hurting from something that happened when you were twenty years old or, or twenty-five with that same kind sure. of thing. That's
2: yeah, very true. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that's so that's um or I may be giving you I'm 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 simply here call, calling you guys wise. Okay.
0: <laughs> I talk to my wife and yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a different version. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, wives always know wives. <laughs>
0: Terry's very, <laughs> very, very smart woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. So is there anything else you wanted to get out today what, about the stories, about writing, about like you know, just advice for people who are thinking about writing or thinking about writing in in with someone else in a team? Or just about life, because I've called sure. you wise now. <laughs>
0: well, I, I, yeah, that's right. I'm the wise old sage here. <laughs> I, I found, you know, in, in my previous life of, you know, working in corporate and writing is always personal. You just, you, and then you hand it off and so forth. Um, part of my job was a, as a producer. Most of my job was a producer. I had people working for me and bringing in creative teams and so forth. So I love that creative process of working with people together as opposed to working alone. And uh, I think that was very valuable for John and I. And uh, what I like about it is that you have someone to brainstorm together with. And sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll brainstorm and I'll come to John and I'll say, I got this idea. I'm not sure if it's working. I need help. You know, let's just play devil's advocate together. And before you know, he'll come up with a a better idea. And let's go with that. So I love that creative collaborative process
2: Yeah,
1: that you miss from work. That makes sense because yeah. it is a very solitary life. And if you've been out there working with a group with people, it's nice to have a work partner to to mm-hmm. to, um, you know, go by the by the. Have you guys worked out a a personal visit since this has all started? Yeah, oh.
2: um, I came out to Vegas what, twice. Maybe Twice. or over the years, yeah, you can have to visit. Yeah. So and the wives um, got to know each other and everything else too. You know.
1: Oh, good! That makes me happy. That goes with the book. <laughs> good. 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 I'm trying to work this out, and you guys are just like way too efficient answering questions. So, <laughs> <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> we, what know, can I talk about? This. That's. I had like I have a ton of questions, but I don't. I don't sure. want to. Oh, I please. don't want to. Um, to, so this is, this was very much a, did you do a lot of plotting before? Are you pancers? Like when you were doing the screenwriting, did you know where you were going with that? Or, and did you, did you just,
0: (laughs) well, interesting is we had the beginning early on. We said, this is how we want this thing to start. And we know that, you know, it's based on this true story. So we you know obviously facts were already outlined for us, but we didn't know how we we're going to end it. We, we, we knew what the last image was going to be. That was something right in the beginning. So we want to start here. How about this to end it with this image? And we go great. But yeah. it was what? A month before we actually finished the first draft that we said we didn't know who was in the bottle. <laughs>
2: No, <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Um,
1: Vicky yeah. knows. <laughs> no, yeah.
2: I, I mean, I'll tell you. Even to be honest, even going into the second book, right. we're still thinking: is, is there anybody who is? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we. I'm not sure. That, it's, a, it's. Oh, go ahead. No, I say we're. I don't think we're detailed plotters. Jack probably outlines. Uh, and plots probably more than I do. Um, but even then, uh, it, I think it's flexible, wouldn't you say, Jack? I mean, we'll talk about it and they'll say, mm-hmm. well, you know, that doesn't, that's what, what if we did this thing? Or what if we, you know, so we're still going back and forth and respecting each other's points of view and and going with whatever we think is the best best for the story. and you know, best to tell the story. Right, the story
1: comes first yeah. before your egos. But I've okay. never,
2: uh, I've never <clears> been told, or
1: outliner,
2: which is not necessarily a good thing. I mean, it's worked for me, but every writer does things differently, you know. I like outline. Yeah.
0: I, well, like the outline. <laughs> means, well, I need an outline. Sure. And, and then for but sometimes I'll I'll do it very detailed because John I'll go, wait a second, this this is so detailed, this is not an outline. And then yeah. through it will go 90% of it will go away, but <laughs> the nuggets make sense now what's left. So you know, I, I like that process. One of the things I thought I wanted to talk about in refer- reference to the, the, the viewer who uh, was asking some questions, we also, what made this fun was we kind of learned some technology together. So we decided we'd use Zoom so we could see each other and talk and, and so forth um, as we did this. And then we both, what we decided to use is we, we wrote this in Microsoft. Oh, first of all, we have a software for the screenwriting we use first and it had a collaborative, uh, uh, way of that two people could write at the same time. And when we then migrated to the novel, we went through Office 365 because it has the same thing where, you know, we can um, write something and we share, we share a, a, a cloud folder. And when we're meeting, we'll have a chapter up and, oh, let's change that. And we can both, you know, one or other of us will make that change. we we'll see it live. Um, so we do that. And then we also use, I found this, really interesting program called Word and it's free um there's a 30 dollars version you can purchase gives you a little bit more um mm-hmm. some stuff but it's a way of organizing your writing into chapters into scenes characters plot lines it's all it's it's very very simple to use and intuitive because when we decided that this was going to be a trilogy um we're starting to think. Well, some characters are going to be moving to the stories, and and how do we keep track of who and their motivations? And you know, the bio, You know, we write a little bios of each of the characters first, um, and and sometimes we'll forget <laughs> who is this guy again <laughs> that we're trying to do. Oh, that's that's uh, that's the you know, that's the, uh, the Earl of uh, you know. So oh, then I can easy to look it up, and it's also where you can put all your scenes and you can look at it and say, okay, this scene maybe we should take this scene and move it over here, you know, so we can take these outlines and basic synopsis of the scenes and move them around before we actually finish the the writing. Yeah. And it helps get the flow. And also I'm very big into most of my, a good part of my life was video editing. Um, so I know pacing and, you know, visual pacing. Right. So we try to see that. I'm always trying to picture this as you did, which is kind of nice and as a you know a film or a video and how do we change the pacing here? so how do we move things around oh we... anyway that's what i was trying to say
1: no no and that's right up brian's alley he would i'm surprised he has <laughs> asked <laughs> i've been waiting Brian asked how do you keep track of all these details i left that question off because he because he's into programs and things like that uh-huh. so and it's important to writers out there because it does get confusing. I just want to say hi, Tamara. Thanks for joining us. Um, So when we started this, I said, why did you write together? And it was like, well, uh, it was like the Reese's piece, the Reese's (laughs) Cup things. Like, I want to be a writer. I want to be a screenwriter. You know, (laughs) it sort of got. um, Did the experience turn out as well as you thought? Would you still like to write novels? Would you still like to write screenwriters, be a Mm -hmm. screenwriter? Or all of this is going together, starting with the novel on? Like, have you found this experience to be? Would you do it again for another trilogy?
2: Well, I don't think we've lived that long, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you will. This is going to make you go live ahead. longer. Oh, I, I,
2: I think it right. a lot I of fun. So. I've enjoyed the process. Yeah. And I think the trilogy, I mean, we, you know, originally it was going to be a screenplay and then a book. <laughs> and then the book said, well, what if the book became a trilogy? Oh, <laughs> well, now we go for four or five books. So,
1: I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know, know. <laughs> Oh, you're going to end it in a trilogy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, um, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: look, being- <laughs> Right now, the, the 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 concept is book two will give more of what's taking place from book one, obviously, and 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 it's going to have a lot more in depth about some of the issues like the prejudice towards the Romani people and things like that. We wanted to add more depth, and that's what book two will help us. Book three, the way we're planning it, now things could change. <laughs> is it's going to end in America during the revolution?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's that okay. Is.
0: Yeah, one of the <laughs> one of the characters in real life actually ended up in America uh, during the revolution so,
1: so okay uh, this gets Vicky a lot it's, to it's think true. about one yeah. of the characters one of the Not gonna say who <laughs> I know but I'm gonna think about it.
0: All see Brian's
1: right. back with given hey. the cloud-based sharing how did you manage revision control that is maintaining maintaining a history of changes just in case. Uh,
2: I guess we didn't really, right? I mean, we make changes in word and hope that it doesn't right. crash on us, <laughs> I guess. Right. If, if he's asking just about a backup, we don't really have, I don't think. Well,
0: backup yeah, backup. I mean, it is it is in the cloud. So that's we're pretty sure. pretty yeah. safe. Yeah. And, and, you know, I do backup chapters on, on my, you know, on my, I like got a portable drive I back things up on. But, oh, okay. But try not to, yeah, I do that. <laughs>
1: John just goes by faith. Yeah. Now we have to ask yeah. how John can write an entire novel without backing
2: it up. <laughs> I've done that. Oh, wow. yeah, I've done that. Okay.
1: Talk about innocence. <laughs> did you learn your lesson? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Good thing you found, Jack. Okay, but, but take to take care of question, things. That's your question. The
2: one thing that I think well, I know that Jack and I would still like to do is we'd like to either... Either we write a screenplay for somebody that says, "Hey, we want to put it on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something, or in the theater, or else you know somebody wants to buy it and let them do it." But we would love to see it again somewhere visually, because you, you oh, said I do. Said it. it is so visual. It is. Yeah. It is. It has. It has
1: everything that like if you're into mystical magical you know shadows like ever even you guys i agree with your tarot readings i am tired your tarot meanings. <laughs> i'm tired of reading books and seeing shows where they'll say this means that and i'm like no no it doesn't <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about so i was no, like no. oh good you did very good Oh, um, <laughs> Brian, Brian is saying, "No backups. Be afraid. Be very afraid."
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> right now, now I won't sleep tonight thinking that John wasn't backing up as I well. Know. Oh boy!
1: And the thing okay. is, I got a, a remote hard
2: drive too. So what's oh, so this, those, this is, yeah, so, so this is one of
1: those. Uh, this is yes. So this is one of those things where everybody thinks everybody's doing it, and then <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> Brian comes comes up with an interesting idea. What if, when you're talking visual, would you guys consider a graphic novel?
2: Oh wow, I had not hmm. thought about that. I never thought about that. Um, it's funny because <laughs> I've reviewed some. You know, I do some book reviewing myself for Historical Novel Society, and I've done uh, I've done several graphic novels for them, review them. Uh, I like them. I mean, I think they're I think they're interesting. Uh, boy, that's a, that's an interesting thought. I yeah, I mean, either one of us are. Well, I'll speak for myself, Jack, I don't, we're not really, are you an illustrator on that, not really? No, you know? I can't draw. To, to no. To, to
1: no, you would have to get a third person. Involved. Oh, yeah, a third
2: <laughs> A triumvirate. <laughs> yeah.
1: Then you're going to have everybody around the water thing. It's going to be like an entire group happening. Well, I wish I could really, draw. I'll <laughs>
2: tell you, that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of graphic um, novel publishers through Horror Writers Association that might be interested in picking up a fantasy,
1: huh? Oh, there you go, Brian. You set them off on Brian a gets
2: commission on this if we sell it. <laughs> <there>?
1: <laughs> okay, I introduced you to Brian. Where is my guy? <laughs> all
2: right, you both get a copy of the
1: novel uh,
2: yeah. when it comes out. Jack- yeah, I, yeah, I
1: I know a lot of authors, oh, okay. so I'm not like really <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> we'll see, but I wish you guys all the best of luck with this i mean it just came out i'm gonna tell people i just yeah no i I don't know what i'm telling people yet but
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah Yeah, just
1: just just buy it it. that is enough so and and um don't disappoint me because it could be serious I will have some stern yeah. words. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, it. Was
2: it the 18th century though? Just don't have,
1: just yeah, I have yeah. the glossary. I Have, to, <laughs> I have a
2: glossary. gloss. Add more
0: to the glossary. Yeah. Right.
1: I, need I might need. I, yeah, I need. I might need some extra, um, extra words words in there than the ones that you put. So yeah, let me know. When it comes out, and and thank you. This has been such a fun conversation. I'm glad I got to meet you, you. Jack, and I'm glad you guys found each other and are having this fun time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As always, it's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, I <laughs> you. And we appreciate all your support here. So, oh,
1: yeah. it, it's good. It's easy to support. And I placed your families.
0: your review of the book on our website at thebottleofgoldjewelry oh.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. Now I feel famous. <laughs> I may <did> not <laughs> ever finish a novel, but I've got the review on this important book, there, All right. which is going places. <laughs> well, so take care, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye bye. Okay, bye bye. See you. There, that was it's People just buy buy the book, and next week. Visiting us will be Daniela, here we go, Samina, I believe that's how you pronounce it, and we'll be discussing A Fairy Path, the memoir of a young fairy seer in training, and where fairies meet, the parallel between Irish and Romanian fairy traditions, and I'm really enjoying the books. So I'm hopefully you will too. Until then, may your coffee be hot and your story sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone.